New from Kenner. back to the Vintage Collection Podcast, where today we are talking uh, the latest in Star Wars content, the latest media project that has recently concluded. Uh, and of course, that is the Book of Boba Fett. And uh, I'm really excited because there's a lot of content coming. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have lists and lists and lists of figures as we see Obi-Wan Kenobi and Cassian Andor um, and uh, Mandalorian season three, and then going beyond that, of course, Ahsoka and Lando and all the other multitude of media that they have on the horizon for us. But right now we're focusing on the book of Boba Fett and to help me do that and iron out our top 10 picks for uh, Star Wars, the vintage collection is a uh, Chris from Bantha school. So hello, Chris. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thanks for coming on. I'm happy that you are here to talk this. So we did something very similar for The Mandalorian Season 2 after that wrapped and talked about the top figures that we wanted to see uh, from that show. And we're doing the same thing today. Uh, we're going to go through the top 10 figures we want from the book of Boba Fett, at least from this very first season. We're hopeful that another season uh, comes at some point. What do you think, Chris? Absolutely. I, I, I know... Uh... This wasn't the most loved uh, Mandoverse uh, show that they've done, but I, 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 it, it, there were some things that didn't work. Uh, uh, there's some things with criticisms that people levied that I think are valid, but in no way did it seriously detract from my enjoyment of this show. I, I loved it, and I really hope we get another uh, season out of this. I especially liked, you know, how that it was a departure from. What you know, typically what everything you know has, and you know, there's there was no empire in this, uh, you know, so it was it was a nice separate corner of the galaxy that we got to explore, and I would like to see more in it myself. Yeah, totally, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you're on Tatooine, which you know is is kind of a fan favorite planet where you know so much yeah. action, so much of Star Wars history occurs, and then um, you know you're you're mixing in Boba Fett, Mandalorian, uh, you know, Grogu comes into play. Um, and uh, outside of Tatooine, you know, Luke Skywalker, right? And Ahsoka had, right. had, had their right. bits. So lots to love here, even if it wasn't perfect. And there were some criticisms of this particular um, season. So, yeah, I'd love to see it and um, see them continue to build on Boba's trajectory as a leader and see where things go from here. Um, all right. So we're going to talk our top 10 list. So we, we created a top 10 list that is uh, reflective of, of both of the wants and desires for the vintage collection of both you and I. And um, we rank these based on the level of importance for us. Um, we could have added more to the list and made it longer. I'm sure there's a lot of more things we'd love to see from the show, but we wanted to keep it focused at the top 10 things that could be potentially feasible for the vintage collection as it exists today. Um, any thoughts you want to add there, Chris, about uh, the list before we actually get into the list? Um, well, I kind of have a, a little uh, sidetrack that does relate to the list. Um, uh, uh, for the book, to me, for the book of Boba Fett, if if I was doing like a real time list through every episode, it would be changing constantly because yeah, you know, after the first few episodes, I had certain characters that I, that I really wanted to 
see figures of. And then by the end of the season, it had completely changed. Um, and in fact, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. There's something about Mary with uh, Ben Stiller, yes. <laughs> uh, and and he was walking down the street with uh, Warren, with Mary's brother Warren, uh, and they go by a store, and, and Warren sees a costume through the window of the store, and he gets all excited, and they go in and get that costume, and then they come back out, and they continue walking, and he sees another costume that so that, that that's his new favorite thing, and they go in store inside the store, and they get that other costume. And that's how I felt. Like whatever thing I saw next was the thing I wanted, the thing I most wanted. So I felt like Warren in that scene. Uh, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because Warren was played by um, W. Earl Brown, uh, who was with Timothy Oliphant in Deadwood, played a, a major character in Deadwood, and of course he's the uh, weekway bartender in both The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. So it does all kind of tie together. Nice. Yeah, I love I love those parallels. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. So very cool. All right. So um, we're going to talk, talk uh, our number 10 pick. Chris, do you want to kick off this list for us? Sure. Uh, number 10, it's the unidentified Twi'lek uh, Major Domo. Uh, Merrimack Shays' uh, kind of annoying <laughs> Major Domo <laughs> that was always a little bit of a thorn in the side of Boba Fett. Um, and... To me, it would be like the the uh, number one figure I'd want to punch, and that's sometimes a good thing to get to the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, th- so I was, uh, you know, I'll admit I'm guilty. I was insistent that we put this one on the list because I, you know, I, I started off hating the character, just thinking, gosh, he is so annoying the way he talks and, you know, but as the episodes continued, and especially after the chase, when once he started being more in Boba service directly, like he... I, I did a, a, a total um, one eighty on him. I completely I like him. I think he's fun and uh, just the way you know that like he talks to like when he was going out and negotiating with the pikes, right. like you know just just his choice of words and his mannerisms. He, he was just funny and um, I hope to see him co- if they do a season two. I hope to see him come back. Maybe he's, now he's going to be Boba's major drama. Who knows? Um, but um, yeah, I, I think a figure of him would be really fun. And one thing that I mentioned to you, Chris, um, a little while ago when we were making the list is that um, I was thinking about card art for him and just, you know, how would they choose to, to put him on there? What expression would he have? And uh, I think whatever they, they did, it would be pretty fun. So this would be great, especially with um, the, the play set coming next year, I think it would be fun. I, I, I think the, the, the best exp- uh, card art for it would be was when he would he read Boba Fett's offer, and when he said, you know, the offer is nothing. <laughs> that expression, when he realizes he's been set up, that would be the perfect card art for it. Yeah, that would be great. Or when he's screaming, um, when, uh, yeah. with, when he's with Pelly, and then he's screaming. <laughs> All right, so I think that, yeah, I think that'd be fun. And I'm not sure if they could leverage anything. I'm sure that there's, like with Bib, they took some parts from, um, was it from Lando or from another figure? Yeah, I think it was from from Lando. I don't have it uh, in front of me right now. Um, and, and just uh, by way of clarification, not to get into my personal situation, but uh, currently building out my Star Wars room, so a lot of my uh, items are not handy to me right now. Uh, and it also means that I haven't really been opening a lot of stuff recently until it gets finished because just uh, I'll lose the parts, even though Bib doesn't come with a part, right. an accessory. Yeah. He doesn't come with that little knife that he had, the Saga Collection version had. Right. Right. <laughs> it's so well hidden. I love that. Um, but yeah, I would assume they could leverage some parts from one of those figures. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, then you just build out maybe the soft goods, you give him a unique head sculpt. Uh, I'm not sure if he had crazy fingernails like Bib does. Uh, I don't 
recall seeing that, but um, maybe they could use hands from Lobot or something. Right. And and with what they're doing with soft goods, you know, for these for these basically gowned figures, they basically ahead and they can use any body they want to because they, so much of the the aesthetics expressed through the soft goods that they can just put that on top of any buck that they want to almost. Totally. Yeah. I think it's doable. I think it's doable. So yeah. Um, yeah. Unidentified Twilight Major Demo, please. I'm lost. Lost. <laughs> I say please. All right, so let's talk number nine. So this is a character that has appeared in both The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Um, had kind of a prominent role, especially towards the end of The Book of Boba Fett, which qualified him to make our list. And this is a Taunty the Weequay bartender. Absolutely. And again, this is the one that's, to me, this is that, that in a little bit of that inside wink because he's a sidekick of Timothy Oliphant in... Uh, in the book of Boba Fett and in The Mandalorian, and he, you know, W. Earl Brown, the actor, he was also not so much a sidekick in Deadwood, but kind of an adversary as uh, Dan Doherty, I believe the character name was, in Deadwood. So I just love that connection that these two actors transitioned from Deadwood, you know, a true Western into uh, the Star Wars Western, and they're still working together. Uh, but in addition, I mean, it's it's a it's a, just a, visually, it's a great species to, to have, and to be part of, you know, the... Uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it, the militia from Freetown. Uh, that would make a pretty cool figure to me. And and just if we ever got any sort of, uh, you know, environment piece. And not, not that I think a Freetown cantina would be coming. Although it would be neat to have the uh, the crate, the, you know, the interior that's framed by the crate uh, dragon skeleton that they had in the Book of Boba Fett. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, you know, I was I was kind of glancing around as you were talking to see if there's any recent vintage collection figures that could possibly be used for for Taunty. Um, he is a little more hefty of a Weequay than than the traditional Weequay that we've seen um, in the vintage collection uh, 1.0. So right, I don't know if they could possibly do something with Grief Karga from uh, the season two Grief Karga. Um, I know part of his his heft comes from the uh, the molded robes that that are on his body, but I wonder if there's right. anything there. Um, if not, we have things like the um, uh, the Tuscan or Tuscan ATST <laughs> Raider that came out um, right. that had the other um, uh, guy in there, and I wonder if it, we could do anything with him possibly. And who knows what's under the robes of Fat Bib Fortuna coming with the playset? Maybe there's something there. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> probably, probably a little more nicely dressed than uh, a weekway bartender in and in an outpost, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, gosh, my dog's barking. Okay, good, she stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. Let's hope for that one as well. And then uh, for number eight, we have... Do you want me to announce it? Yes. The Bantha. The Bantha. It's been a long time coming. We need, 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 need a Bantha. Absolutely. And, and for, you know, for, for me personally, that was one of the things that I thought was missing from the vintage Kenner line. You know, when I was a kid, it had the do back. You know, why didn't they have uh, have that Bantha there, too? Um, uh, so something I've always wanted. And the Power of the Force 2 one just does not does not hold up these days. Um, again, I wish I had it nearby so I could be describing it as, you know, uh, touching it while as, as I'm uh, describing it. Uh, but it just... It, it's not what they would do these days as far as even detail and articulation. 
Right, right. I never got the Power of the Force one. I know that they use the same like body as the uh, 30th Anniversary Collection one. That's one that I do have. Right, yeah. Um, but they changed the hairstyles. So instead of a, a crazy like straight hair look that the Power of the Force 2 one did, uh, the 30th Anniversary one has like the wavy haired pattern. Yeah. Um, and neither of them are great. Uh, it's the thing. Like they look nothing like a Bantha, honestly. Um <laughs> It's yeah. It looks like something you would have seen a knockoff company do back in the '80s to supplement a band right. that was missing from the vintage line. Um, yeah, they could totally do something awesome with this. Um, you know, whether it be like sculpted plastic or it would be a new way that they would try and do like the the soft haired uh, type band. I think they could do something really nice these days with some more articulation and just make it a little more interactive with some of our characters and figures. Um, so yeah, certainly been a long time coming and, and I think the, the cool thing about the Bantha is that, you know, it could do like, it could serve multiple roles, you know, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, uh, original trilogy. Um, right. so plenty of use there and, um, uh, yeah, I think it's overdue if, if we ever see this focus on beasts come back, um, I think that would be a prime candidate for, um, something they should tackle first. Plus they've been treating pretty They've been treated pretty poorly in the Book of Boba Fett and uh, the Mandalorian, you know, bait yeah. for a crate dragon <laughs> and, and cannon fodder for the for the pikes. So Hazard should be nice and, and, and make it up to the poor Bantha and put it into the line. Yes, totally. And we'll take care of them. We won't do that to our Bantha. Yeah, we'll... right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our number seven pick. Um, and Chris, one of the things you were saying is that as each of these episodes aired, you know, our lists uh, increased and then they changed with subsequent episodes. Right. Uh, this is one of those uh, for me that yeah I was I was really invested in these in these characters in in episode two of the season and that was the Tuscan Warrior. Um, the Tuscan Warrior. Uh, we see this brand new tribe of Tuscans that we've never seen before. They've always in the films looked or in the Mandalorian, you know, been the classic Tusken Raider style. We did see what females look like in Attack of the Clones. They had different kinds of, um, of clothing. Um, but that was just one tribe. Apparently there's there's multitudes of, of tribes out there, and this is more of like a black-robed uh, Tusken Raider tribe. And um, the females in this one don't wear clothes anything like what you see in Attack of the Clones. They all wear more similar uh, outfits and armor to the males, but they're still different, right? So... Uh, Tuscan Warrior was um, is is one that uh, it's a female character, and it uh, it's a warrior. I mean, one more one more. Do you want to say it's a Tuscan Raider and it's a warrior, and you know you, right. could, do, you could have a lot of fun with that. And, and she, you know, she trained Boba Fett, and she had that great scene on the uh, w- when they attacked the uh, the Pike train, yeah. the, the spice running train. There, that was that was a great action scene. Um, and and like you said, if if we were doing this list. Uh, you know, three three episodes into the into the series, uh, probably would have been number two behind Chris Hanton for me. Uh, but it's just you know, as they kind of diminish the role uh, through the rest of the series uh, for the, for that Tuscan tribe, um, you, you kind of it kind of falls to the bottom of the list now now for me. Um, and one thing you know, I said there's some valid criticisms I think that are out there about the uh, the book of Boba Fett, uh, and this is something that uh, Screen Rant m- mentioned. Is I think the story would have been more impactful if it had been told uh, linearly, instead of going back and telling those the, the Tuscan chapter via flashback. Mm-hmm. And I think if they had done that, we might feel we might have the Tuscan 
Tuscan's a little higher on the list if they had done it linearly. It just had would have been more impactful to me if they had done it that way instead of you know jumping back and forth between the present timeline and the past timeline. Yeah, I can see that. That that certainly was a criticism a lot of folks seem to have was that it it did jump back a lot and I mean, I don't think it was necessarily that it was confusing. It was just more that it was um, kind of kind of a, a little bit messy more than anything else, I suppose. It, um, it, it, uh, it, it was like for, for me, it felt like uh, it, it hurt the momentum of either story. Mm, uh, yeah. that, that, that was the big issue for me. Uh, I, I agreed. You know, a lot of times when they do do flashbacks, it can get confusing if you don't catch the transition or, or, or whatever. Uh, but I, I thought it wasn't confusing at all, but it just, I wanted to see each story have more time. In fact, every episode that I that, that I was watching, as I was watching it, I was also watching the clock. And it's like, oh no, there's only, you know, 10 minutes left. They're not gonna, you know, they're gonna be, I could, this could go on for two hours as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, and, and, you know, just because they had, they were, they were packing so much in between the two timelines into a given chapter. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, it's, um Gosh, there's yeah, there's so much to work with here, and it, it's it's hard nailing down this list to just ten. But yeah, we I think feel like some Tuscan representation is important because that was a pretty critical yeah. part of the show. So I think this figure, if we had to pick one, this this character Tuscan warrior would probably be the one. I, I'm kind of surprised that the chieftain um, made it onto uh, SWTBC's uh, bracket from the top sixty four, and the warrior didn't. I would much rather have the warrior figure than the chieftain. Me too. Yeah, I mean they're both great. You know, obviously, yeah. In a perfect world, we'd have them all. We'd have the whole tribe. But right, um, in the world we live in currently, I think you know the Tuscan Order would be my pick. So as well. Yep. So, all right. Do you want to talk our number six pick? Sure. Number six is the Gamorian guards, the shirtless Gamorian guards uh, that are beholden to Boba Fett. Um, I actually felt terrible <laughs> when they were backed <laughs> off the cliff. I'm like, no, I don't want to see them go. <laughs> but uh, I, I think we all love just ever since that the the first vintage collection Gamorrean Guard. Uh, I think we all love that the figures of the Gamorrean Guards. They're just nice big hunks of plastic, and they work well, and they could just do a great job. Bring yes. pro- probably now this is one I do have access to uh, still. So I'm going to excuse me if I get a little far from the mi- microphone. Uh, pick up. Uh, <laughs> But obviously, they could probably uh, reuse the, the you know the lower body um, of the vintage collection one. Though I don't know if all the leg straps are the same, and it would be a new upper body. But they could reuse the head, so there is some tooling reuse that they could do uh, from the existing Gamorrean guard. Yeah, they could certainly do that. And you know, one of the things about the Gamorrean guards, I know when they showed up in uh, Mando season two, you know, a lot of people complained about how they looked. Um, when they showed up in Book of Boba Fett at the beginning, they still didn't quite look quite there, but I don't know what it was. But as the season went on, I feel like the look of the Gamorrean got better and better. Um, when you see them in, I think it's episode four, when um, Fennec and Boba go into, break into Jabba's palace, um, or uh, Bib Fortuna's palace at this point, uh, they try and, and still the slave one. Uh, you see a couple of them in there, and I feel like they look better. And then when you see Mando land his N one in in the palace in Boba's palace, then I guess um, when they show that close up of the Gamorrean, it just looks like really dialed into Return of the Jedi. So just if, I feel like over the course of the season, it, it looked better. So if I could emphasize one thing, it's please make it look more like it did towards the end of the season rather than right. earlier on. Absolutely. 
and and uh, you know I, I know the uh, the ones in um, the the fighting the the gladiator the Gamorrean guards in, in Mandalorian season two those were female Gamorrean guards, uh, mm. which might explain why they were more slender than than the ones we're used to. But I I was happy that the you know the pigmen were portly and a little bit more portly for a book of Boba Fett as as a good pigman should be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we all have this class, this look of of the of the classic Amorian Guard in our heads when we think of Return of the yeah. Jedi, and I'm glad they were able to align it more with that um, with that uh, that vision that we have in our heads um, in Book of Boba Fett. So yeah, that'd be a great one. And you know, Gamorrean Guards, you know, obviously there's only a couple in the show, but that doesn't mean that you, they can't do double duty as like being in the background in Jabba's palace or that they absolutely can't, right you can't continue to build them out um just as if there were more off screen uh or who knows if they do a season two i mean i think it's a fair bet we might see more of them anyway um so yeah and and the, and the and and the rule is if if you don't see them die in star wars they're not dead so maybe <laughs> maybe there was a jedi there that caught their fall and and, and my gamorian guards are still alive yeah, who knows? It's, it's the the possibilities are as boundless as your imagination. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Gamorrean guard, please, please, and um, yeah, I think I think we'd be really happy to see to see some Gamorrean guards, some more green skin piggies in our collections. <laughs> All right. All right. So next on our list here. Um, we have something that you've written recently about on Bantha Skull, um, how yes. this is a segment that has been quite lacking in the vintage collection. And uh, that segment is um, smaller vehicles. And uh, this one in particular is the Nikto swoop bike that we see uh, quite prominently in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, um, th- that's that segment there, you know, where it's not something that has to go to has lab or to or to a store exclusive of, of that small vehicle uh, needs to be explored and we really it's kind of amazing for how prominent they have been in recent media we still only have the one swoop bike from all the way back in the shadows of the empire error uh the one that we got and that one is frankly terrible um it's just I know, you know, if you if you look at the at the bikes that have been used in the Mandoverse shows, uh, they're, they're not it's not the same style. Uh, but I, I really like the way the the ones for the for the Nikto gang look. Mm-hmm. Um, just a you know, a nice powerful Harley, basically a Star Wars Harley, <laughs> is, is what it is. And that would be a, just a to me an amazing thing to get in the line. And um, I would, I would always use something like that as for like a scene, you know, if I'm building a diorama anywhere on Tatooine to me, that would be just something that would look great in the background, regardless yeah. if you're using it for, uh, you know, a book of Boba Fett, you know, set up or anything like that. You know, like you could park it outside your cantina. You could have, you know, even have one jumped somewhere. You know, maybe if we ever get uh hangar three, five with Pelimoto, we can, <laughs> you could stick <laughs> one in there. And so it's, it's just a, it's just a good world building fodder in my opinion. No, Totally. Um, you know, and even if it's not, like you're saying, if it's not specific to using in your diorama or in your collection for that purpose, you know, it could do, uh, you know, dual purpose for another scene or if you're using maybe uh, Legends characters or something. So, um, yeah, plenty of possibility there. So I I really hope we see this segment come back, um, even if it's just like a once in a while thing. Um, I think that 
there would be an audience for that. I know a lot of people in lieu of having these smaller vehicles or blurgs or smaller creatures, they're going to um, Mission Fleet, which which is, you know, yeah. it, it serves its purpose. It has its role that it it, it serves at retail. Um, but we got to have Vintage Collection, you know, vehicles for some of these smaller things, too. And I know a lot of people, including our friend John Miko, really wants the Blurg. And right. <laughs> I think we all want the Blurg. I mean, let's be honest. We all want a Blurg. Uh, we have um, this awesome um, Razor Crest now. We, we got to have a Blurg. I, I'm in the minority. I don't care about the Blurg. I'm I'm oh, I'm, no. the, I'm the guy. I'm, <laughs> I just don't, I don't like the design. I think it's kind of goofy looking for, for a creature design. Uh, and I might need a do over. Did they do uh, Anakin with the swoop bike for episode two at any point? Uh, I don't like remember. A, did they ever make it a second time? Right. Was there was there a second? I, I can't remember if they ever because remember Anakin, you know, kind of took a swoop bike and was going around. Tatooine looking for his mother in uh, Attack of the Clones. I don't remember if they released that. I didn't heavily collect the Episode 2 toys at the time. I, so Yeah, I don't recall that either. I, okay. I remember the Dooku suit bike that they did. Right. Or a bike of some sort. Yeah. Um, at least we have um, Luke Skywalker's Desert Sports gift, though. We can use that in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> and a T-16, too. It's amazing the stuff we have from... from I know the stuff we have, but then the stuff we don't have. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's talk number four on our list. Uh, The the Pike Warrior. Um, Just seeing those guys pour off of the transport, to me, I'm like, it got my army builder juices going, and I I would love to be able to army build these guys just as fodder. You know, for uh, we're getting Fennec Shan, we have Boba Fett, we've got the Mandalorian, we've got plenty of people to... uh, interact with a good army of pike warriors so it's something i think would be great to have in the line and and it's it would be something new right we don't other than the ones from the 5 poa solo line uh it's, it would be something new in the line yeah i completely and did they, they kind of re i don't know if they redesigned it or the one in, on kessel and solo is a different type of pike right but the head's quite different right yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, it, it's it almost looks more like the Clone Wars version, right? That's the Book of Boba Fett ones. I would say look closer to what they look like in uh, Clone Wars yeah. than on and on Solo. Was it Quay, Quay Toll Site? Was that the one for on? Yes. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so there's a different look to them, and it would be a great one to do. You know, probably, we didn't see any of the. I don't think we saw any of the specifically the warriors unmasked, but it would be a cool one to do with interchangeable heads. Yeah, that would be cool. I think the only one we saw in Mast was like the the leader of of them right. that was go- marching on on a on a Boba and his friends. Um but yeah, no. And this this is great. I mean, because there's so many of these that pour in, not just in that scene you're referring to when they get off the transport, but also in this uh, the season finale. There's just tons right. of them and they 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 represent like the primary other than the giant droids. They represent like you know the the major force that's moving against um, our protagonists. So uh, you know we'd obviously buy them in multiples, right? Um, and uh, there's there's a slight color variation too for the masks, right? Like one has more of like a gold look, and the other one has more of like a like a lighter colored gold, right? So I wonder if they could do that somehow, or maybe they could incorporate 
that that fun feature they have in some of the um, the as you call them the bootleg figures that they sell to Disney parks, <laughs> where, where you dunk them in water and and they maintain like the color change. I wonder if they right. can incorporate something like that just for the helmet portion of the figure. That that, that bootleg joke is from from Brett from Bathyskull, but I use it all the time. He's the origin <laughs> originator of that, uh, and I, I think um, I think it was Lewis from the SWTVC group. Uh, Space Hut said that it would, it would be a good um, for the Army Builder four packs, so you could you could do that too. So you could yeah. release it in the main line and then bring back the the variants in an Army Builder four pack, which would be great. That would be awesome. That'd be a great way to stack these up. I mean, just like the the other sets, um, just don't limit them to two per um, <laughs> per per guest. Right. That's going to make it a little harder for us to to build these out. But yeah, um, uh, that that's a great format. I really like uh, Lewis's idea about that. I, I like that. I do like that format too. I, I even like the uh, the packaging, just the line art, that throwback packaging on it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I wish I, I wish I was able to get more of those um, trooper sets, particularly the stormtroopers, because you know the ones I did get from Shop Disney and from Hasbro Pulse, both of which I believe were limit limits of two. I think I want to say. Um, and um, after I started incorporating them into my scenes and stuff, I'm like, wait, I need at least a couple more. I need at least a couple more. So hopefully, hopefully. Yep. Um, all right. So number three, this is a, I feel like this is one of the most exciting things to come out of uh, the Book of Boba Fett. And I know some people are, have different feelings from me. Um, you know, we just got this awesome Razor Crest in Hasla the Vintage Collection. Um, and it is, it's, it's astounding. It's, it's a magnificent piece. We just talked about it last week when we were doing our, um, uh, behold the razor crest episode, uh, along with, um, Tim from Bosque's bounty and John from the vintage collection Facebook group. And, um, Mando has a new ride, doesn't he? He has this brand new, um, modified N1 Naboo starfighter. As soon, I think everybody, as soon as we saw that episode, was "Give me, give me, give me the toy! I want it now!" <laughs> as soon as we, as soon as we saw that, and uh, just in general, the the last time the N one has been available, I think was the uh, twenty twelve, uh, was it twenty twelve or twenty? I think it was the yeah, it was the twenty twelve Phantom Menace three D packaging uh, line look. So that's the last time, it was, and that was actually very hard to get. Uh, I had to, I had to actually import it. Uh, I never found the U S version. It never hit retail because of the retail log jam back then and went to uh discount stores which i didn't have access to um so it, it effectively be you know became vaporware for me if i didn't import it so you know it'd be good just to get the n1 back out there in general and the fact that it's in the, the, the n1 you know aesthetic back out there in general and the fact that it's in current media would just be yeah. a slam dunk if, if if hasbro could ever do it and it seems to be you know in a, it, compact enough that it wouldn't need to be you know at this day and age we're probably talking about fifty dollars for something like that but that mm -hmm. seems to me to be you know i don't think brick and mortar might might consider that you know they, they certainly don't want to do a hundred dollars but if they could do it in the fifty dollar range it might be doable yeah that would be interesting um yeah i you know going real quick to that 2012 uh naboo starfighter i think a lot of people have failed to to realize that's that's a new sculpt. It's not the same right. N1 Starfighter from the Phantom Menace. This one is longer. It's it's a little more proportionate and uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I wish more people had access to it because it's 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 an awesome piece. Um, and yeah, super hard to find even even to this day on eBay. Very rare that it actually right. shows up. Um, 
but yeah, I think if they wanted to bring that back, you know, they, I think they could do that. I think it would do pretty well. But yeah, we're, we're obviously focused on the N1 Starfighter and what it would take to make that happen. Um, I can kind of see it just just envisioning it being somewhat similar in size and not necessarily in proportion, but just in terms of the, the amount of plastic. Actually, it'd probably be less plastic, but I kind of see it being similar to the offerings we've seen with the X-Wings as of late, like Poe's X-Wing with um, um, Blue Leader's X-Wing. Um, you know, I know with inflation and everything kind of going on, I kind of can see them maybe doing it in that format somewhere around that price point. If they brought out all the bells and whistles to make it a true vintage yeah. collection piece, um, I can see it maybe being somewhere in that neighborhood. That, unfortunately, that might make it a, a risky proposition if it was a $100 uh, vehicle. I don't know how, how the, the fan base would react to that. But the, the the same time, if you want it, you got to step up and pay for it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, one, one, one neat thing about it that uh, I, I didn't, didn't even connect uh, that somebody pointed out on, on our Twitter uh, page is that uh, Doug Chang designed both the N1 Starfighter and the Razor Crest, so he's designed both of the vehicles that Mando's used. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah we got to have this though, um, and yeah. you know, I don't think it's going to take a Haslab to get this. Um, it should. This it this one should. Yeah, it shouldn't. But you know, I think most collectors want to see a quality piece. You know, that is in keeping with the vintage collection theme and how it's marketed. Um, specifically Hasbro says it nowadays that, you know, this is a collector focused line. Um, and I think that whatever piece they come out with, you know, should, should reflect those values and, uh, should be pretty awesome. And then like you say, it's just a matter of forking up the the cash to pay for it because, you know, if we really want it bad enough and we want that quality piece, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to have a cost to it. Right. All right. So. Yeah, that that's a huge want for me. I would, you know, even though I have the Razor Crest now, I I, I love this. I love his new ride. I just, it, I just, it kind of came out of left field, but it's just so much. Di- it's so different from the Razor Crest, but also like, if you think about Mando's arc as a character, it kind of also ties into like, well, maybe he's not needing to, to hunt people anymore for bounties right. and put him in carbonite and all that. So you know, maybe this will reflect where he goes from uh, the end of um, the book of Boba Fett. So we'll see. And, and, and I wrote about this too. I, I love the way that to me, it was basically a love letter to George Lucas because it's basically a, a street hot rod. That's what they were building up. You know, you could see like, you know, elements of straight out of a hot rod uh, design in it. And, you know, even when the way it started up, it wasn't really, you know, like these turbines that, that was a, that was an engine revving, you know, when it started up. And that's another reason why I loved it so much. Yeah, yeah, it's a super cool piece. Super cool piece. Really hope to to see it, um, and hopefully not before too long, right? I mean, you yeah. know, Mando season three is coming, so you know, I'm sure we'll see it again. Uh, maybe if we can work our, if they can work the timing out so that it, um, it it's not too far off from whenever that comes out. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so we're at the very, uh, we're getting to the top of the list here, right? So we have two more to talk about. And uh, these are two huge wants for um, TVC. You want to tell us what our number two pick is? Black Chrysanthemum. 
Um, and this was my number one for, for, for a good chunk of the of the uh, the season. This was my number one wanting to see uh, Black Crescent come out. Uh, I knew of the character from the comic books, um, and I love Wookiees just in general. I, I, I love Wookiees because you know I'm a dog lover, and that's basically the inspiration for for Wookiees uh, was George Lucas's dog. So I, I absolutely love them, and just that that uh, appearance when he made that first appearance, that that might have been. The, I, for me, it was the second best moment of you know, n- not not like uh, I'm I'm trying I'm I'm stumbling for the way to describe it like, almost like the moments that give you goosebumps. So not maybe the the biggest set piece, the biggest action piece, but just that you know reveal that gets you really excited. That was definitely my second favorite of the uh, of the entire season when he appeared from behind the twins as their muscle. I thought that was absolutely great, and I was hooked from that point and instantly wanted a figure at that point. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it, it was really exciting seeing him. I'm not a huge follower of, of the legends and, the, and, and, well, the comic stuff these days, the canon comics. Um, but I don't think he needed to be. I think even, like, people that weren't, uh, you know, watching the show just as casual, you know, Star Wars fans were like, oh, wow, it, it's, a, it's a new Wookiee. We haven't seen a Wookiee since Chewbacca, really, or, or those 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 weird-looking ones <laughs> from Solo. <laughs> That right. we had running around, um, but yeah, this he was very intimidating, and you know that scene where Boba's waking up from the dream, and then Blacker stands right there. <laughs> like I was like, wow. <laughs> that was very scary. That was very scary. They they did a really good job just with you know the way they characterized Crescenton, and you know the how we continue to see him throughout the you know more as an ally of Boba. Right. Um, so yeah, we need this one. Um, you know, this would need. I think this would need to be a brand new sculpt, right? At this point, Ab- I can't think of absolutely. That. Yes, a- after seeing the outrage from the Black Series community, we have to every, every Black Crescent request has to comes with come with all new sculpt attached to it because simply uh, painting Chewbacca black is not going to not going to cut it. Uh, obviously, a, a much stockier build to to Crescent than there is to, to Chewbacca. Uh, Chewbacca. Right. And, you know, I mean, I'm just imagining if they did that, repaint Chewbacca. You're talking about repainting a figure from what dates back to 2004, I believe, right? 2004, right. So, so. A, a decent fi- Amazingly, that's probably the only um, 2004 figure from that uh, vintage, vintage original trilogy, trilogy collection that stands up today. Uh, but still not what they would need for, for a Chrysanthemum figure. Um, yeah. You know, it ha- has the bulk more of a tartful figure and... I can't. I can't remember those uh, episode three figures. Was was Tartful swivel elbows? I think those Wookies had swivel elbows in the line, but still not um, up to today's standards. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Um, and I think that's one of the cool things about Kristan. He 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 has some of the the aesthetic of Tartful. So um, if they wanted to do a an updated Tartful, I don't think anybody would complain about that because Tartful was you know if you're gonna do one more Wookie from beyond Black Kristan that people don't already. Right. That needs to be updated. You know, I think it would be tarful. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you know, maybe it's you could even go further. You go use it as a buck, and you could do a Wookiee warrior too, just a generic Wookiee warrior. So you could you know get some tooling reuse out of it. But um, I think the thing, the unfortunate side is, I think we realize in today's uh, line, we're probably talking about a deluxe figure though. So it would be a pricey figure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point for sure. But, um, yeah, yeah. New sculpt, um, you know, even if it's a deluxe, yeah, you know, I'm sure he's going to come with some accessories and maybe he's got some little glowy effects for his, uh, right. 
his knuckles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'd be an exciting one. I, I, I think everybody would, you'd see a huge amount of enthusiasm from the collecting community. If, if blacker sand got announced the proper blacker sand got announced. Right. And you would see the exact opposite. If, if a Chewbacca repaint for Chrysanthemum were announced. Yeah. You would, you would see outrage. Yes. Yes. That, um, yeah. Yeah. I know that that black series one is based off the comics, but even, even right. so it looks nothing like the one that's in the box <laughs> for the figure. So, right. Um, all right. So that'll bring us to our number one pick. Uh, do you want to do the honors? Um, why don't you have at it? It's your all podcast. Right. You should not announce number one. Okay. Fair enough. So, our number one pick that we decided needs to happen ASAP from the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, this, is a, this is a beloved character, was a beloved character even before he even came into the series. Um, and something that has never had a realistic interpretation given all the years that this character has been part of Star Wars media. And that is Cad Bane. Cad Bane is our number one pick here. Absolutely. I... The, the, I... I had I you know I constantly do just as a feature uh, you know uh, for content I'll do my updated top five for the vintage collection and I had Cad Bane in my top five after Bad Batch season one from his appearance in that now that he's in live action he, like regardless <laughs> of Book of Boba Fett I have to get I have to get a Cad Bane figure I know a lot of people are happy with the um, the animated the Clone Wars line one that came out because it it's because of his proportions. The stylization uh, doesn't make him too out of place, but I want a proper Book of Boba Fett vintage collection Cad Bane very, very badly. Uh, as soon as I, I knew that episode was going to be epic just by the name, you know, I believe it was uh, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. Yeah. And that, if, if, even if you hated the Book of Boba Fett, if you're one of the people out there that hated the scene, if you didn't love that scene, that showdown with Cobb Vanth, and just had the slow walk, the slow reveal of Cad Bane coming out of the desert. Uh, you have no soul because that was like <laughs> such perfect Star Wars, as far as I'm concerned. And if we don't get this figure uh, at some point, I will be sorely disappointed. And I, I'm not, I'm not gonna. We, you've been very polite, Victoria. You've said please on this one. I'm not gonna say please because I have to believe it's already, it's already somewhere. You know, I'm not saying it's gonna be announced. <laughs> And going to be announced in the next uh, few weeks, but it, this has to be on the drawing board at this point uh, for for release at yeah. some point in the vintage collection. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it, it's got to be right. I mean, you know, this, you know, we're not talking like just you know a random person. Like um, earlier, we talked about just as an example, uh, somebody a little more new, Tanti the Weekway bartender. This is something that has a history um, in Star Wars media. For the last gosh i don't remember exactly when cad bane debuted in the clone wars but it had to have been like 2009 something like that right um so yeah no the, finally the fact that he's in live action i think just really increases the chances of it being a reality and like you said there are some clone wars versions of the figure um the the second one they did or third one um towards the end of the clone wars um main line i think it was the shadow of the dark side aesthetic they 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 did a really nice one that does kind of double duty as a more realistic interpretation it's the one that came with toto the droid right um that's that's the one i have that's the only cad bane i have yeah same here it's 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 a it wasn't an easy quite as easy as a, of a cad bane to come across only because i think it did no. get a little bit backlogged 
Um, if you look for it on eBay, it is kind of pricey, but it is a, it is a great figure and it's, it, but it's still not realistic, uh, interpreted. Right. It's, it's still not based on, um, the book of Boba Fett quite obviously. And, um, you know, we need that. We need a Cad Bane. And uh, if if they play it up right, maybe they, there's possibility for reuse as a Clone Wars version down the road at some point. Um, but I think we all would want the Book of Boba Fett, like, realistic interpretation, just as he appeared on screen uh, in the series. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and one thing uh, that I... I love that the, the Mandalorian, the Mandoverse, goes back to uh, Star Wars's roots as far as drawing inspiration from, you know, the spaghetti westerns and things like that. Uh, I did not know until I was watching some of the, the recaps that Cad Bane was actually uh, based on Lee Van Cleef's characters from those spaghetti westerns. So not only is Boba Fett based on the man with no name, uh, Clint Eastwood's character, Cad Bane is also based on, on on a western character, which to me is just really cool, and I love it. Absolutely have to have this figure. And, and, and again, that whole that whole scene obviously was, was where you... The line wasn't even blurred. That was a old Western shootout uh, with Cobb, um, specifically with Cobb Vanth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good, uh, so good. Seeing like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people were suspecting Bosk is going to come into the play, Dengar's going right. to come in, you know, Cad Bane. But like to actually see the way they handled and treated Cad Bane, like he was, he looked brilliant. He was scary. Um, even my husband, like, you know, he's a casual, more of a casual fan. He's not like a huge Star Wars nut like I am. Um, does obviously doesn't podcast about it or anything, but um, <laughs> when he saw Cad Bane, like like he's he was like, wow, I have the chills. Like that that character is is, is scary. And, yeah, um, the, the yeah. menacing red eyes, the the, the and, and he's it's always the you know that furrowed brow that he that he has. <laughs> so just yeah, yep, and the sharp teeth and yeah, just yep. the whole package is scary. And yeah, I love I love that, and it, it really gave dual. You mentioned. Uh, from the desert comes a stranger like yeah uh you mentioned um that title and it, it really kind of does double duty as a title because initially i, I felt oh, okay it's referring to Cobb vanth but then at right. the end you realize oh no it, it's cad bane so i thought that was a kind of cool little aspect to it too yeah and, and and that's another kind of star wars tradition where like the some of the time like the phantom menace can apply to many things so the, yeah. the you know the, the stranger in the from the desert came a stranger could apply to many things too. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So yeah, this is our top ten list. Um, I feel personally, and I, I hopefully you agree, Chris, that that these are all um, feasible and will probably do reasonably well in the vintage collection or very well in the vintage collection if they ever came to fruition. Um, yeah, like I often say, I, I wouldn't risk. I wouldn't risk uh, the vintage collection on anything like that. <laughs> I, I, it's so part, so much a part of my identity now. Or I shouldn't say the vintage collection; that's the three and three quarter inch scale. I would never risk its future on anything, uh, especially the ones at the top of the list. I would, I would completely bet the longevity of the vintage collection on those because to me they're they're slam dunks to do yeah. well. Totally, yeah. These would these would be exceptional. And they'd be very very exciting, and um, you know I think. The community is very, very happy when when they announce exciting things that are sure yeah. bets, things that you know we absolutely, uh, absolutely want and are clamoring for. And I think you know the the picks at the top of our, of our list certainly represent that. Should we should we talk about briefly uh, figures that we crossed off uh, just so people don't say, hey, why didn't you say this one? Why didn't you say that one? Sure. Uh, specifically, like with Pelimoto, where uh, you know I kind of felt that 
Pelimoto would be more of a Mandalorian character, even though she yeah. was, you know, in the Book of Boba Fett. I, I, I feel like she should be released as a Mandalorian character. Uh, and depending where it goes, probably Cobb Vanth too, right? Because, I mean, Cobb Vanth would be a valid one for the list, but he certainly made his major impact in The Mandalorian. Uh, and people, I, I'm guessing people would want the armored version first than the kind of the gunslinger version anyway. Yes. Um, and, and if they did the armored version right, you might be able to get both figures out of it. Yeah. If they yeah. did it with removable pieces. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I hope that's how they do it. I don't think the the Black Series one, I mean, I don't have it, but I don't think the Black Series one is, has that kind of feature. I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, but certainly it's possible. It's just, you know, how does it look? I think they did a Django like that before and Clone Trooper. Right. Um, and, you know, they look a little weird. So I guess it would, you know, how can they integrate it so that it comes across naturally? I, I guess what they have going for them, though, is that, you know, when Cobb Vanth did have the armor on, he looked very scrawny because it was very bulky for him. Yes, right. Um, so, you know, maybe it would make a little more sense, uh, you know, if, it, if the pieces were a little bit extra large for him in that sense. Yeah, that that thirtieth uh, Django, that, that was the one, right? That had the clip-on armor, I believe. The apartment Django, mm-hmm. the one they, they called, <laughs> had had that. But uh, if I look at where they've done that, where it's worked really well, the one example I can think of is the uh, Saga Collection General Veers with the, uh, you know, the Adat Commander armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me, that one worked well. So if they could go find out what the you know the secret sauce to that one was and bring it to Cobb Vanth, I think it would work. Yeah, that's true. And I think the other one that looked pretty good, too, was the Death Star Gunner from... Um, right, yep. Yeah, was it Saga Collection, maybe? Yeah, it was. That was all, yeah, right, that was also... Hey, so apparently they solved it in the Saga Collection. They just need to bring it, bring back that uh, that formula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, we, we do want Pelimoto. We do want Cobb Vanth. Um, uh, but yeah, these, these would be more, would work probably better under the Mandalorian banner. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we do want those. And I think there were a few others we mentioned, like, um, uh, my mind is, is blanking. (laughs) Well, I had to talk you away from the, uh, from the mods ahead of time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So (laughs) the mods, um, you know. I, I know that a, the, it's a, the whole mod concept, you know, a lot of people hated that and yeah. which is fine. Um, I, I didn't so much mind their bikes. I thought that like, you know, they would fit in very well at Dex's diner, not necessarily right. on, on Tatooine, but they did kind of liven it up a little bit. If they were just on a regular swoops, I don't think you would, they wouldn't really make right. an impact right visually. And because they were so different, they kind of did. And people started talking about them. Uh, and I think the concept of people in Star Wars or, or creatures in Star Wars getting, um, receiving modifications um, is kind of a neat Star Warsy idea, right? It's a very sci-fi thing. And I can, I can almost think of that as being something Lucas would, would incorporate more into Star Wars. I mean, we already have removable hands and arms like from, right. you know, Luke and Anakin. And, but people purposefully doing it to themselves to enhance, you know, I, I, I kind of like that idea and do see it as a Star Warsy concept. Um, whether or not it was executed that way, I guess is, is up for debate, but, um, the idea itself, I don't think is necessarily a bad idea. Yeah. And if you, even if you look at Rogue One with the, to me, the nightmare, the ultimate nightmare creature from Star Wars, the decraniate, I can, I won't be able to say it, decraniated. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of those. They were actually in Rogue One were basically 
people that had everything above their mouth removed. Oh yeah, and just that's it, it, kind of disturbing. So it is. Th- there is a precedent, and, and I, you know, I, we were just obviously joking around about the mods, saying that you were campaigning for them. But um, <laughs> to, to me, um, I, I, I'm just indifferent towards them. Uh, it didn't ruin the show for me. It didn't detract from the show. But at the same time, I wouldn't be, you know, clamoring for for any of those figures either. Sure, sure. We'll save that for April. Fools, right? That'll be a oh. that, that can be on your post, right? This is gonna, you know, it's a Haslab. It's it's the uh, <laughs> it's all for <laughs> all of the speeders. <laughs> that, by the way, the the uh, April Fools Fools uh, post is already underway. It's been working nice. on it already. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. So I mean, obviously, you know, as fans and collectors, we we have all kinds of diverse wants and you know, out of the vintage collection and things we'd like to see it for it to succeed. But hopefully our list is, uh, is fairly mainstream and at least the picks at the yeah. top of the list, especially represent, um, what a lot of the community would want to see from the book of Boba Fett. So hopefully we will keep our fingers crossed and with any luck, um, we'll see some of these in the not too distant future. Yep. Hopefully not too far into 2023. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, um, Chris, anything else you want to add here? Uh, no, I think we pretty much uh, covered it. Again, uh, I did like the Book of Boba Fett, and I just really hope there's a, a season two because I, I love the character. Uh, I love his growth. I know some people thought he wasn't, you know, you know what seems to be the, the, the phrase uh, for every uh, longstanding Star Wars character now. It's not the Boba Fett I grew up with. Um, but, it, you know, we don't really know the Boba Fett um, that we, we grew up with. We really don't know him. I mean, that was... Kind of literally the point of the character is you weren't supposed to know much about him. So now we're learning, you know, who he who he is uh, through the book of Boba Fett, and I, I think it's fun, and I really enjoyed it, and hope we get to explore that more. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, I, it's it's definitely a fun time to be a, a Star Wars fan with all the content on the horizon, and um, yeah. I hope they continue to build upon Boba's story, and we get to see more of, you know, where he's going um, as a possibly continuing to be the leader of Mosespa, possibly not who knows uh, right. and then of course mando's story you know where that continues to go too um yeah fun stuff um and uh, tell us a little bit chris about what's going on lately at a uh, bantha school um so you know we're continuing to do uh, as best we can uh, provide daily uh content uh on on the site uh right now uh the photo uh gallery responsibility uh, is falling on to uh, Brett, um, mostly known to everybody as Nomad Scout on Panther Skull. Uh, so we're not we're not having as much uh, photo content, photo gallery content as we as we typically do. Uh, once I get my you know sort of my Star Wars area built out here, hopefully in the next month or so, uh, and I can start contributing to the photo galleries too. We'll inc- increase the rate of that and get caught up on some of these reviews. We're we're a little bit uh, behind right now, um, but again, we'll, you know, we try to keep up on. Um, you know, daily content, uh, talking a lot about, you know, what we would like to see in the vintage collection or just, you know, advocacy things uh, for the line uh, like that. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm going to address uh, coming up here shortly but this week. I will be addressing the uh, the issue with Walmart's uh, shipping practices. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think the community is going to like what I have to say about that, but you'll, you'll have to uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll have to uh, click in to read that. And um uh, so I'm going to express my my grave concern with the uh, Target Boba Fett, uh, mm. the droids Boba Fett, which I don't think is actually going to ship from Target at this point. Oh no! 
so that's what we're up to. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. Oh, oh, oh! I, I, there's probably one more thing I should have mentioned. And I forgot to. Uh-huh. Uh, we're give we're giving away a razor crest. That, that's probably the oh, biggest yeah, thing tell going us about on. That. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're trying to grow our, our Twitter base uh, some more. So. Uh, if you go on Twitter and look us up by uh, at BanthaSkullCom, all one word, BanthaSkullCom, uh, and see our pinned tweet, uh, if you follow us and retweet that tweet, you're entered to win a Razor Crest, and we will be drawing that. Um, the, the the time to enter closes on March 17th at 5 p.m. Um, Eastern, and we will draw the winner by the following day. No later than the following day. Probably sooner than that, but we will draw the winner. Uh, and it's open to anyone. We're not restricting it to the U.S., so we will ship internationally, and we're paying for the shipping. So get on there and enter to win. Wow, that that's quite a giveaway. And, um, you know, certainly take advantage of that, folks. Um, we'll have links to uh, this in the show notes. And uh, if you don't have a Razor Crest, you want to try and win one? I mean, this is a great way to do that. You're not going to get a better deal than that. <laughs> right. So, <Yep. laughs> all right. And uh, Chris, where can our listeners go to look you up on the interwebs? So it, uh, we're a traditional website. So it's banthaskull.com. Uh, and for, again, that Twitter account that I gave uh, on Twitter at banthaskull.com, uh, that's probably your best chance for interacting directly with us. But we're also on um, Instagram and Facebook uh, under banthaskull. Awesome. So we'll have show we'll ha- we will have links in the show notes to all of these locations. So certainly go over and um, if you're not already, check out what Bantha School is doing across uh, social media on BanthaSchool.com. And uh, Chris, thanks so much for coming on here. It's been a blast. I enjoy doing these lists with you, and um, hopefully we can talk again before too before too long. Absolutely. As always, it's an honor to be uh, a guest on your show, and thank you for having me. And I had a lot of fun. <laughs> all right, Chris. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Vintage Collection Podcast. For the latest developments, be sure to visit BanthaSkull.com and follow our contributors via the links in our show notes. You can follow Victoria's Cantina on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For more Star Wars toy collecting content, subscribe to the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel and listen to the Cantina Chatter Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you can spare a moment or two, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show. No matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in to the Vintage Collection Podcast. Collect them all, and may the force be with you.